Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everybody, Tim McMaster here, along with our MLB.com Pirates reporter, Adam Berry. Final podcast of the offseason, Adam. It's been a lot of fun throughout this offseason, getting people ready for baseball, and it all gets kicked off with opening day next Thursday. All 30 Major League teams in action. Uh, we'll talk some big picture stuff on the podcast this week, but I want to start with more newsy stuff from the last week. And you look at the future of the Pirates, and certainly Mitch Keller is going to be a big part of it. The 21-year-old prospect uh, shined on Sunday. He struck out three over two scoreless innings. This is a guy who was a second-round pick back in 2014, got up to double-A last year. What kind of timetable do the Pirates envision for Keller making it up to the big leagues? Yeah, I think Keller's goal is to to be up later this year. He's not on the forty man roster. He, uh, you know, he did not come to big league camp, which he admitted he was disappointed in uh, because he hopes to make an impact this year. And guys who, you know, they hope to see this year usually come to big league camp. But I think part of that had to do with, uh, you know, he was in the fall league, uh, coming off of a, kind of a shorter off season. They didn't want to gear him up too fast uh, because they're really high on this guy. Um, you know, he's going to go to Double A to start the season. That makes Triple A certainly within range. Uh, by midseason, and maybe, you know, if they're in it or if they're, you know, just trying to evaluate some things, maybe September is, is realistic. I think it's more likely it happens next year. I think next year you look at him as a, a more serious candidate, potentially for the opening day roster, definitely to join the rotation at some point, uh, because the potential is just so high. Uh, you know, we saw the talent in display just sort of in that brief uh, relief appearance he made the other day in, in spring training. And the delivery is so smooth it almost seems unfair. Uh, the stuff is there. The fastball is effortless into the, the mid-90s. Uh, the curveball is good. The changeups come a long way, which is key to him. Uh, so he looks like a future top-of-the-rotation guy if he can just kind of you know, put the finishing touches on that the minors require as far as learning to face uh, hitters a second or third time through the order and you know, learning to throw you know, good strikes always and not, you know, not just get away with stuff. Because uh, this is a really talented guy, definitely somebody you could see up there with Jameson Pye on the top of the rotation someday, uh, and it may be a little sooner than uh, expected. Yeah, cool stuff, and certainly something to look forward to for Pirates fans. Uh, Sean Rodriguez played a little bit of the is played a little center field this spring. Uh, he thinks he can be that guy. Um, 
Obviously, that allows Marte and Polanco not to have to shift. Is that the most important thing as far as Rodriguez being able to get it done in center field, just an overall comfort level for the whole outfield? Well, I mean, Marte is going to be the starter in center. Polanco is still going to be the starter in right, and Corey Dickerson's in left. What it allows him to do right. is give Marte occasional days off, and when Marte goes there, it enhances Gregory Polanco's comfort level by keeping him in right field and not having to move him to center like they used to do with Marte when McCutcheon would get days off. You know, that's a big focus for them with Polanco is keeping him in right field, making him the best right fielder he can be. Uh, so, uh, you know, they don't have to worry about moving him to center and, and having that be a factor. And they don't really have a ton of fourth outfield candidates who are experienced center fielders. You know, they're more corner guys. Uh, so they're looking at Rodriguez in center field as the backup option there. They're looking at Frazier as a potential guy who can go out there if necessary uh, just to increase their versatility and, and sort of give them an option. So if Marte does need that day off or if Marte goes down for a brief period of time, you're not having to disrupt Gregory Polanco. They already expect to be a very important part of their lineup in, in defense and right field. Uh, so it's more just about comfort for him and just sort of knowing you have somebody to back up Marte if need be. And he certainly um, adds versatility to a lineup. And you look at this roster and you think about a 25-man roster because they got to get down to that pretty soon here. And they mm -hmm. made some cuts today. What is this going to round out to be? Because this is the time of the year, Adam, where teams start to think about how many t pitchers do we want to go with, how many position players, where are the Pirates leaning? Yeah, but the cuts today weren't all that revelatory, aside from the fact that Max Moroff is kind of out of the running for that last bench spot. But then Neil Huntington talked to us afterward, and, and you know he mentioned the fact that they're kicking around the idea of opening with uh, 13 pitchers and 12 hitters, which was not something they had mentioned before, um, kind of a, a surprise revelation. But it makes some sense, considering they're going to open an American League park in Detroit. Uh, you know, you you probably, with a, a younger rotation, guys who are still building up, you know, in Joe Musgrove's case, that it might make some more sense. You don't need the pinch hitters, you know, so you can maybe punt on that extra bench bat you know, a guy like Bryce Brent, Jose Osuna, or Jordan Luplo, and carry that extra reliever, uh, who in this case might be Josh Smoker, Dovidas Nevarowskis, Edgar Santana, which you're going to, you know, if you don't have length in the bullpen, which is they've expressed some concern about how their guys have looked going into their second relief inning so far in the spring, and you probably can't use Stephen Brault and Tyler Glass now on back-to-back -back days, maybe even on one day of rest. So what you lack in length, you make up for in depth by trying to carry eight relievers to start the season. I wouldn't be surprised if that changed uh, by the time they go home to PNC Park for the second series of the year, but it's kind of an interesting idea because, you know, they're, they're sacrificing a potential uh, bat on the opening day roster, maybe even giving up on a guy like Bryce Brent, who's out of options, uh, for the sake of carrying that eighth reliever uh, for a three-game series in Detroit. Francisco Cervelli had a great quote this week. He was talking about his new diet, I guess, and workout regiment. Uh, the quote, Adam, was, I try to put the right gas in my car. I am a Ferrari, so I want to treat my car the right way, uh, which is just funny. But he is feeling great, feeling younger with the new diet and, and eating healthier and, and working out differently. Yeah, the quote doesn't quite have the same impact when you don't hear it in Cervelli's uh, wonderful <laughs> accent. That's right. a combination of, you know, Venezuelan and Italian that, <laughs> in which he speaks. Uh, but it was still really funny just, to, you know, how good he feels. And it's it's very obvious just in dealing with him when he's injured and beaten up. You know, he's, he's a little upset because this is a guy who, who does love to play. Uh, you know, he hates sitting on the bench. He really hates the disabled list. And he spent too much time there over the last two years, uh, you know, for his and the Pirates' liking. So he kind of refocused this offseason, you know, gave up some – fried food and gluten and dairy and stuff like that and took up a little bit more of a you know agility and movement based uh, workout routine and it hasn't feeling good so far this spring uh, and you know he's going to be an effective player when he's healthy so 
I think that's a good sign for the Pirates. He's a very important player, not only for their lineup, but for their young pitchers. So, you know, the fact that Cervelli's feeling like a Ferrari is not only a hilarious quote, but a very good thing for the Pirates. <laughs> All right, some big uh, picture questions now as we look back on the spring and ahead to the regular season. What turned out to be the biggest storyline for the Pirates this spring? You know, I think at first it was sort of the way that they moved on from the last era, really, in a sense of closing the book on the Andrew McCutcheon, Garrett Cole era, you know, and some of the grievances that were aired earlier this spring by David Fries and Josh Harrison. But, uh, you know, big picture, looking at the roster they have now, I think it's the youth and the young core and the guys that they do have that they feel good about playing a major role on their next good team. You know, there, there were a lot of accusations thrown around about tanking and not trying to win, but it truly is a team that believes they can win uh, sooner than people expect. You know, this year they hope to contend. So uh, I think that was sort of the overarching theme is just the fact that this is not a you – know, the mood around – the mood with the team is not maybe as negative as the mood around the team has been in Pittsburgh. Like there's there's guys with a lot of optimism in that clubhouse, and I think that's really shown through this spring. Even if the results don't necessarily match it, this is still a team that expects to do some things this year. And that's good news for the fans. What was the biggest position battle – and who's going to win it? Yeah, I think it's kind of funny. There weren't a ton coming into the spring. We knew the rotation. We knew the lineup. Uh, the one bench spot that everybody's been competing for might not exist if they go with 13 pitchers. Uh, so I'd say the bullpen is kind of is pretty competitive. And to be honest, they settled that pretty early with, uh, you know, Michael Feliz is going to be the, the third late-inning high-leverage guy by the sound of it, joining Felipe Rivero and George Contos in, you know, in the later innings. Uh, it's unclear who's going to win those final bullpen spots. It seems like Brawlton Glass now will be in there as long guys. I think Kevin Segrist, the veteran lefty they brought in, is going to be in there as well. And then probably Kyle Crick, the reliever over in the Andrew McCutcheon trade. And, you know, if there's now an eighth relief uh, opening day spot, I guess that would be the position battle left to win. And I think we've still got a couple of days left in camp to figure that one out. All right, the next question is, what prospects stood out the most this spring? Uh, the two innings of Mitch Keller might <laughs> yeah. for the longest time, actually. Uh, but, you know, I think it's, in a way, it's still Austin Meadows. He is has all the talent in the world when he's healthy. He was healthy this spring, and he shows kind of that five-tool ability. So that's the, sort of the most obvious one. I think maybe the one that, guy, that uh, fans weren't quite as familiar with, who had a really strong showing, is Kevin Kramer, the uh, middle infielder, second baseman, shortstop, uh, who came in and just hit a ton of power. He was a swing change guy. Last offseason, hit for power in Double A in the fall league, uh, but got hurt last season, missed some time. And then he came into spring, his first big league spring training. I think he had it was six or seven hits in limited time, and every single one of them was for extra bases. He gets the ball in the air. You know, he gives you a really interesting middle infield uh, prospect, a guy who's capable of uh, fielding both positions, uh, who can really hit for some power from the left side, which matters at PNC Park. Um, and he's not that far away, despite the time he missed in double A. He's going to start in triple A this year, Neil Huntington said this morning. So uh, him and Kevin Kramer, Cole Tucker, who's not too far away as a shortstop, uh, they really showed uh, showed some impressive stuff uh, early on in spring training. All right, looking ahead to the season now, what's the biggest question mark facing this team? I think it's really just the rotation uh, at this point, because you have youth, you have upside, you don't have a lot of proven things. You know, Jamison Tyone, for as good as he was in 16, and as much as you can say last year was interrupted by the, the cancer, obviously, and the, the way that he had to come back from that, uh, you know, the, the results weren't necessarily what you wanted to see out of a guy who's essentially your number one or two starter. You know, Ivan Nova was great uh, in the first half of last year, and he struggled down the stretch, and he's your opening day starter. Uh, and then you have Chad Cool, uh, Trevor Williams, and, and Joe Musgrove coming in. They're 
you know, a lot of upside, a lot of potential, good stuff, just not a ton of proven results. And, you know, you need innings out of these guys. You need results because the bullpen is also very young. Uh, so I would say the biggest question at this point is, is going to be that rotation and the, the young pitching staff as a whole. You have a little bit better idea of what you're getting on the position player side because there's some more veterans there, some guys with some track records you could point to. Uh, even though I would point out that you know a lot of this team's fate depends on how good are Starling Marte and Gregory Polanco, and I think uh, on that front there's probably a little cause for optimism as well because Marte's had a good camp and Polanco has looked great and healthy basically from day one. So there's a lot of questions. Really, you could you could say most of the roster is a question because there's not a lot of sure things, but you know with upside comes those questions. This question, and this is the last one, kind of ties in with that one, I believe. But when you look ahead to the season, if this team is going to surprise people, maybe hang around in that wild card race, what has to go right? I think, yeah, basically just what I, what I listed yeah. off there is the rotation has to take a lot of steps forward. Polanco needs to have that breakout year. Marte needs to return to what he was uh, from, you know, 12 or 13 to 2016. Uh, you know, you need another strong year from Rivero. You need some guys to step up in front of him. Josh Bell's got to take a step forward. There's a lot of things that need to to go right uh, for this team to be competitive in a, a really good division, a really good league. As far as uh, you know, the depth of good teams in the National League who could contend for that wild card race. And you know, as much has gone wrong over the last two years for this team, if you would say, all right, if that much would go right for them this year, uh, they would definitely have a chance to to make it interesting. The challenge is that for them to reach that point, just about all that stuff has to go right and. It's hard to make that all click at the same time in a baseball season, so you can see them falling maybe a little bit more toward the middle of the pack, uh, you know, just assuming a little bit uh, less good luck and maybe a little bit less bad luck, too, based off the way the last two years have gone. It would be hard to have any worse luck than, than some of the things that have happened to them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, great stuff, Adam. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Pirates edition. For Adam Berry, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.